Oh, Landon, on this episode, no cussing, buddy. Yes, sir. <laughs> I'll apologize now if I let something slip, but I'll do my best. <laughs> oh, that's okay. All right, we're going live already, so I've already messed it up. Hey, y'all, hold on. We got the intro. Y'all hold on a second. Welcome to the Bass and Brews podcast, your weekly distraction from other high-quality podcasts. And now, your host, Alice from Swamp Rat Fishing, and the co-hostess with the mostest, the Jabberhammer, Paul Roberts. Things are going slow in here. I have started the podcast, and then we're telling out rules. During the live stream, we've been on a minute now, and y'all heard some backstage stuff. For some reason, the song, Alex did that. You can't blame me on the song now. some reason, the song started like 15 seconds after it was supposed to. I don't know what's going on with everything, but I do know what we have right now. We have Queen City Chronicles on. And we have their latest event, which is June 24th. And we have the winner, Landon. Actually, we got two winners today. We got Landon, who won the tournament. And then we got Matt, Matthew Carey, who won Small Bass. And look, he's a winner. Small Bass, Big Bass, it don't matter. A winner's a winner. So we're going to dive into what they did for the tournament. We're going to dive into who they are. And we're going to roll this the only way we know how, the Queen City way. Fellas, how y'all doing today? Doing good. I'm doing great, man. Well, I appreciate y'all being on. These are, I have fun recording any podcast I do. The Queen City Chronicles, you know, that dives into the tournament side, which we don't do a lot of in the other show. So I really get to talk, like to talk about this. And at one point in my life, I'm going to start fishing some Queen City tournaments. And what people don't know is I'm making notes on all these episodes. So when I start fishing y'all's waters, I know what to do. And look, great thing about Queen City is you fish to win. So I'm fishing to win big fish, the tournament, and I'm also getting tips and tricks on how to catch the small fish because then things pay out good. We had Dustin on, you know, hand job adventures, hands-on adventures. He He's talking about last two years. He's paid for all of his entry fees and, and actually made money off of small fish. So I'm down <laughs> here for it. I'm down here for Matthew. Introduce yourself, buddy. Who are you? Because Landon's a repeat offender here on Queen City Chronicles. Yeah. So my name is Matthew. I've uh, been fishing about, well, my buddy got me some fishing stuff about two and a half years ago. And since then, I've been in love with it. I got my first kayak for Christmas and then stepped it up to a native, thanks to Vinny for demo day and stuff. And yeah, I've just been grinding ever since. So, you, so you got into it a couple of years ago. Is this your first year of tournament fishing on a kayak trail, or have you been doing that for the last couple of years? This is my first full year. Last year, I fished a couple of tournaments. I think I fished three, maybe. Okay. And this year, I fished, I think, three or four tournaments. How old are you, house? I'm fourteen. Fourteen years old. You know. Yeah. I, I did an episode last night that dropped today with Paddler's Playbook and Drew at Paddler's Playbook, and we talked about tournament fishing. And I said, 
you know, people will say a lot of times tournament fishing ain't for everybody. And I said, you know what it is for everybody? Because if you're going to go fish that Saturday, you might as well throw your 30, 50, $60 in the hat and go out there and see what happens. Yeah. And here you are. Here's the, here's the example, 14 years old, out here in a kayak tournament fishing. That's awesome, man. What sure. got you into the tournament side of it? Um, so I was just, I had just gotten into it and I was looking through Facebook and I found Queen City and I was like, oh, that's pretty cool. I hopped in my first tournament, which was the Yadkin Yellow last year. And I loved it. I got, I did get skunked that tournament though. So that was a way to enter, but, um, then yeah, that's how it happened. And so that, that got you hooked on the tournament side. So you're, you're competing in the tournaments. Are you traveling or are you just doing the stuff that's local to you? Uh, I'm just doing local stuff for now. I also do baseball. That's where I am now. I'm in Alabama for baseball. Um, but, yeah, so I'm hoping to do, like, national tournaments here in a little bit. I was watching or listening to um, Bennett's podcast before this, talking about – because he's, I think, the second youngest of Queen City. He's 19, I think. So I was listening to that podcast before this. And yeah. And so you are the youngest Queen City member that's tournament fishing. Yes, sir. That's awesome. How does that work? Do you have like your dad or uncle or somebody that goes out with you and fishes with you? Or do you have somebody that helps you get to the ramp, drops you off and is like, all right, I'll pitch you, I'll, I'll pick you up 30 minutes after lines out. So, yeah, my dad usually goes with me. He'll go out there. We usually, we sometimes fish together, but sometimes we'll just do our own thing. But, yeah, we have a good time. All right, you're in a Titan. What Titan are you in? I'm in a Slayer Max 12.5. Oh, nice. <laughs> you got a, that, that's like a cruise ship for you, yeah. probably. You know, I'm yeah. in a Hobie 12 foot, and look, that thing, I'm so big, that thing's like a, it might as well be one of those little unicorn floats that you get around on the lake that you part around in. That's what I'm in. Uh, yeah. We go ahead. We don't have a trailer either, so that makes it. Me and my dad have figured out how to hold two Slayer Maxes in the back of a truck, which nice. looks pretty funny. <laughs> hey, well, that's good, man. Well, look, what? So you've only been fishing for two years? Is did I get that right? You got started a couple of years ago, and you're fishing now. Did you have any fishing experience before that? Oh uh, well, my dad used to take me to like the ocean and fish, and we still go to that ocean trip and we still fish. But that's really got what got me into that. But I only fish like once or twice a year at the beach, and that was the only thing I fished before. So bass. you're new to bass fishing? Yes. Awesome, man. Well, look, you picked a good club to be new to bass fishing with because the guys at Queen City, you know, they if it, there's a couple things about those guys, they're gonna whoop your hiney most of the time. Oh, yeah. Those that are whooping your hiney will also help you to no end. At least all the ones I know and everybody I talk to, those guys, are, those guys, they love to help the, the newer anglers out there. Have you seen that in, in, in your trips with Queen City? Definitely. Actually, the other day I got a GoPro and um, me and John House have become buddies. And I went to his house and picked up a little uh, boomstick pro from him, which was pretty good. So. So we're going to start to see some YouTube videos and some social media coming out soon? Hopefully, yeah. I don't really do YouTube. It's just Instagram, so. Okay. 
Well, hey, great. I'll have to follow you. We'll get to see some stuff, and I'll be able to uh, follow you along. And then when I start fishing Queen City, your content will be what I use to practice. <laughs> Landon, man, what's up with you? What's been going on since the last time you've been here? It's been, what, a couple months, I think. One of the first, first two episodes. Yeah, so I was on for the uh, Yadkin YOLO. Um, I finished second in that one, but we both had pretty pretty substantial limits. Kinley just just had a ridiculous day. Um, I had a slightly less ridiculous day. Um, you know, one of those days where it's like, if he wasn't in the tournament, I'd have won by a lot kind of thing. Um, but no, yeah, that was the last time I had been on. Um, you know, just, just trying to fish as much as I can. I uh, sort of... Uh, had a have had a Cinderella dream season, whatever you want to call it, this season where things have been just the chips have been falling in the right spots. I've been catching the right fish, making the right decisions. It's been different, and I don't take any of it for granted. I've been enjoying it thoroughly. It's been awesome. And so you won this tournament, but you also are first in points, right? Yeah, so I'm first in AOI at the moment. Um, hopefully keep that up you know obviously we're six events in drops can happen things will change quite a lot um but from from what i've seen it's good i'm gonna have to choke pretty hard to give up that first place <laughs> doesn't mean it's impossible it is fishing it is fishing anything can happen um but the rest of the lakes on the schedule i'm pretty comfy on now granted norman i mean norman murray i have caught i fished three events there with queen city um and i've caught one keeper uh on murray that entire time mm. so murray's a little bit of an enigma for me i don't like it i don't know why i don't like it it seems to to allegedly fish to things i like but but we'll see hopefully if i can if i can solve murray i should be able to 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 get in this season hopefully still in that first place spot by the end well, look, when you get into a tournament season and you get, you know, halfway through, two-thirds of the way through, those top three anglers are typically the closest together. And that means that those those folks have been on it. They, they have been dialed in in all their tournaments. And, you know, it takes a complete, utter meltdown and failure at this point in time in the season, two-thirds of the way through, to, to not – be up there but you have you had the bullseye on your house you got everybody you got every all 125 people in queen city are out there gunning you down to beat you every tournament and then you've got three or four folks out there that are like i need to catch up and, and supplant that first place in the aoi does that put pressure on you to fish how does it do you is that in the back of your mind do you prepare that way or do you just go out and fish how you want to fish I wholeheartedly agree that it's going to take uh, something amazing to, to some sort of choke. I don't know exactly how you phrased it <laughs> to not finish in that top. So if it happens, I'm just going to come back to this podcast and say it was the, the, the if I catch no more fish all season, it's your fault. Um, no, not it really. be the first no. time that happened here. So <laughs> you can blame me. I will take full blame and responsibility deal deal uh no you know like like you sort of said before i mean the guys at the club are, are awesome uh for the norman tournament uh actually chad and i launched the same launch we had a pretty good talk beforehand chad's in second place in aoi at the moment um and you know just they're the they're just the best dudes you know guys and ladies you know in this club and 
I don't necessarily feel any actual animosity. Everybody obviously wants to win. I also want to win. Um, but I don't feel like, you know, a huge, huge amount of pressure outside of what I put on myself to now not choke uh, and, and blow this for sure. Uh, especially Vinny gave me a nickname now. So it's just it, I'm prime for uh, the, the fall from grace at this point. All right. What's, what's, the, what's the nickname? I mean, he just self-proclaimed the last weigh-in, put a bow on it, uh, is what he gave me. So, uh, I mean, it's not the, the the easiest nickname to to even say, put a bow on it, but we'll go with that. I told him, uh, I, I texted him, if Rock Outdoors better have some tarps, uh, because if I can pull this off, I'm popping champagne bottles at weigh-in uh, at the Yadkin YOLO too. So I was like... They got a nice cement floor, so I hope they have tarps for their kayaks because there's going to be some champagne popping for sure. Well, so, you know, on Bass and Brews, we have our little name boxes that we have, and and sometimes they change, sometimes for the guests. I see it. Yeah, there you go. Guests. I had to change your name from Landon to put a bow on it for the, for the folks that watch it on YouTube and for the folks that are listening. From here on out, I'm not sure how we're going to we'll, – we'll call it Paboic. We're going to land it from here on the rest of this Paboic. That's fine. That's it. fine. That's our nickname. I'm good Paboic. with it. I'm good with it. I've been called much worse, so I'm good with it. Um, hey, you, you went so back totally and said fine. you and Chad started at the same ramp. You know, yep. when you get into these tournaments and it, you know, the lakes I fish around here at Raleigh, we don't have a ton of ramps to put into. You know, our, our lakes are, are not, people don't live on them. They're, they don't, they don't have a lot of ramps. So when you're putting in, in like Queen City, where you have numerous couple handfuls of ramps to put in, and you start putting in at the ramps where, you know, the folks that are winning, the folks that are in the top 10, top 15 of AOI, you start getting in and you start hanging around those folks and you're putting in at the same ramps, you at least are like, man, I made a good decision this morning. I should be around fish. I'm, I'm, I'm at least around people that should know where fish are, and I'm here. A little bit of a confidence booster. But also, it could be one of those things like, golly, I got to fish around these dudes all day. Come on, man. Yeah, it's definitely a double-edged sword for sure. You know, it gives you the confidence of, you know, obviously the guys that have had success in the club for years are sort of seeing the same things I'm seeing on the maps and the and stuff like that that they want to come here. So that sort of, you know, gives you a little bit of confidence. But then you're also like, it's a relatively small distance you can cover on a kayak. Mm -hmm. uh, I mean, you can only go so far. So you're also thinking to yourself, I'm going to be fishing around and behind and right after a lot of really good anglers. And that could be really tough today. Um, so it's, it's a little bit of, and then if you happen to, to win and beat a Chad Walden at the tournament that you launched at the same ramp, it's another confidence booster. So it goes, <laughs> it's a, it's a, it's definitely an up and down trajectory for sure. A little bit more crap talking at the boat ramp too when you get in or at the length end. A little bit, yeah. Say, so hey, we, man, uh, you know, we, I, I got you today, buddy. It was funny. We uh, we had talked the night before, um, just about you know we had talked about he was in second, he's gunning for me, stuff like that, and we sort of manifested that we were going to end up at the same ramp. We didn't say where we were going, but sure enough, I roll up at. 4.35, I park, I look to my right, and there's Chad Walden putting his uh, clothes on. I'm like, we manifested this, didn't we? We got a straight-up derby shootout uh, going on. Um, 
but no, it's been fun. Like I said, I mean, it, it's hard. It is a really competitive club. I'm a competitive dude. Yes, I want to win. I want to pull off this AOY. I want to win every tournament I'm in. But it's also just so much fun being out here with the guys. I mean, people like Matt, it's just it's just fun to mm-hmm. do it. And it makes it makes the competition almost feel secondary because you're just out there having so much fun with a bunch of guys you respect, a bunch of guys you like. And and it 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 makes the the competition aspect of it seem less uh important in a sense i mean yes we all want to win there's a lot of money on the line all of that you know but really i want to go catch fish and i want to see these guys at the weigh-in and i want to hang out and i want to you know talk fishing with people that also love fishing so that's really where it comes down to for sure i haven't been kayak fishing long and so i started in the tournament scene here locally out of raleigh in 2021 and i even mentioned this on the paddlers playbook last night the i have learned more at i everybody calls it the way in but it's a linkedin for kayak anglers just a linkedin i have learned so much by talking to folks at the ramp after the tournament it's not about the spots but spot you know for me it's what were you looking for what did you do you know why did you sit on this spot for four hours and grind it out or all day and grind it out or why did you pick up and move and move ramps or you know why did you run and gun those are the types of things. And Matt, for you, you know, being really new into it, going to those, going to the little meetups after the tournament and just talking to the guys who did well and getting that knowledge of not, not the spots. We don't care about the spots, right? Nobody's going to give up spots, but what they did and why they did it to me, that's been, that was one of the biggest things that helped me start to be able to fish better is is that that mentality and what they were looking for so matt you know that's one thing going to those going to the after after competition the linkedin's man asking questions most of your people at least around here and i know with queen city people are going to share that information they want you to succeed they want you to be they want you to push them because if they got somebody behind them pushing them they're going to fish better and they're gonna they're gonna make decisions, and they're not gonna get off the lake an hour early because I had a crappy day. You know they're gonna continue to fish. So Matt, tell me this: what kind of angler are you? Are you offshore? Are you shallow? Do you use any technology? You know, graphs or anything like that? How are you fishing, Bo? Uh, de- I'm definitely a shallow angler. I have uh one graph on my kayak. I have a EcoMap 73 SV. Um, it does what I need it. It's not huge, but gets the job done um you know that's probably one of my biggest struggles is offshore fishing uh i think i've only caught a handful of fish offshore so in the heart of summertime it's definitely a struggle for me um i actually have all my rods rigged up right now for like offshore fishing i'm not giving up on that i'm gonna keep trying but yeah hey that that 73 echo map is perfect i mean you can do all the offshore fishing if you dial your your size scan in, you can get you can find the schools, you can find the structure. There's nothing wrong with that that graph. That's what I used up until like about a year ago, July last year. I, I upgraded to a hummingbird, but man, I love that thing, and I had it dialed in, and it was, I mean, it was good. It helped me out a lot, and I do a lot of offshore fishing, especially in the summer. So you get that thing dialed in, man. That that graph is is just as good as a ten inch hummingbird or you know, 12 inch, all these other things that we have on there. 
All right, Matt. So tell us about your tournament. Did you get to practice any before y'all went to Norman for this tournament? Uh, I did not get to practice any. I didn't know I was going to fish that until Friday night. <laughs> I had a baseball tournament that weekend. Mm-hmm. And, um, that ended up getting canceled because the rain two days before or the day before. So I actually signed up about an hour before registration closed. And I had no idea where I was going. I was just going to a new spot. And I didn't even look at a map before I went. I just pedaled off the ramp, find a spot. Uh, I started on a riprap point with a little popper. Um, I got two fish off that point with a popper, and I didn't get a bite there. And went a while without a bite. Um, and then actually fishing deep off the point of a dock uh, on a brush pile, I caught one other one. And then... I was like, I couldn't get a bite after that. So I just picked up a Ned rig and ended up getting that five and a half incher for small bass. And actually right before that, as um, I submitted my fish, Jeremy Heath submitted a 5.75 incher. And I was talking to Vinny at weigh-in about that, about how it was almost simultaneously that I caught my five and a half and he got his 5.75. So. And so in, if everybody doesn't know yet, Matt won small fish, which is a side pot that Queen City does. And I think it's awesome because, you know, sometimes you get into a bunch of dinks or sometimes you throw that Ned rig out there or something small or it, it could be anything. You throw your buzz bait out there and catch a little five-incher on the buzz bait. But you won money. Yeah. How much did you win? Uh, I believe it was $215. Five and a half inch fish for $215. Look, I can't tell you how many tournaments. I wish I could have won that much money. I mean, <laughs> pays for your entry fee. You got a little bit of jingle to take home. Probably go to go to the to the tackle store and buy some new lures that you've been wanting. So that's that's pretty cool, man. How many fish did you end up catching? Did you put a limit together? Uh I caught three keepers in that dink. Okay, but so- I caught like eight dinks that whole day that were like 10, 11 inches. Hey, sometimes you just got to, you, sometimes you just got to be like, look, I'm on dinks. What yeah. is the smallest dink pattern I can find? Because I know I can win some money if I stay on this pattern. And you went in, but uh, Queen City does a four fish limit. So you got three keepers. That's cool. But man, the one that counted was the $200 fish. That's all yeah. that matters at that point. Yeah. What? So you said you didn't have a plan. You just you signed up at like eleven o'clock. Sounds like that night. You went out and just started fishing. What made you start to where you wanted to start? What What your toolbox said? I'm going to start here, and this is where I'm going to go. Uh, so I got to the ramp. There were like fifteen people there, ten people maybe. Um, and I started pedaling out, and there were a couple docks, and I didn't want to start on docks. I fished too many docks. So I wasn't starting on docks and the closest thing and I didn't, the closest thing was that riprap point. And yeah. So you've been fishing two years now, not even two years, but you're already, you already have in your mind where you should go to start. Even though you've not had been able to practice or anything, you already have a mindset of where you need to start because that's where fish should be. I just, yeah. I just need to dial in to see what they're biting. That's pretty good, man. There's a lot of people that that still been fishing for a long time that 
if they were in that same situation, they they would be lost to start off with. But yo, know, you formulated a plan right there at the boat ramp, went and executed. You caught three keepers, yes. and then you caught the one that got you got you some spending money. Okay. So you said you caught that on 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 a Ned rig. Are you like a? Are you more of that finesse Ned rig drop shot, shaky head? type of angler or are you throwing a big jig or are you throwing top water spinner baits like how do you like to fish uh if i could go out one day and just throw whatever i wanted they'd be biting it it'd probably be a ned rig a wacky rig and probably just like a big jig those are my staple right. baits. so right away if you keep fishing you're not going to have any problems being a top angler let's say top 20 percent in queen city because those baits are going to get you bites and if you can dial that in you're going to be able to compete with those bites you're not an idiot like me you're not going to force the top water bite you're not going to force a crankbait bite you're not going to force a spinnerbait bite you're going to go out there and fish the the slow grinding and get that four fish limit and always be in contention all you got to do is start dialing in you know finding those fish a little bit better yes nice all right landon did you get to practice or did you just roll up that morning and be like, you know what? I'm going to catch them because I'm, I'm a bow it. I'm put a bow on it and I know I'm going to catch them. So, uh, after I took over the angler of the year lead, uh, I think it was event three or it was Santee. I forget if Santee was a two or three or three or four, but I made my wife promise uh, as we start to try for a family that this is probably my last year. I can really go as hard as I want to go as far as practice and time on the water and things like that. I'm in the lead for angler of the year. I get to pursue this all summer. Mm -hmm. So, uh, she doesn't like it ever, but <laughs> I was able to practice. <laughs> I was able to practice a bit. Um, so I try to get out at least the weekend before and the Friday before tournaments. That's usually the best I can do. The Saturday or Sunday before, the Friday evening before. Um, but we were lucky enough to have, I was able, my wife went out of town so I can fish. Um, <laughs> so she went out of town the week before too. So I went back to what last summer was my sort of go-to spot. On Norman last summer, for the charity event and then the Norman tournament and then a July monthly, I was on a big fish bite. Uh, the July monthly last year, I caught 80 inches, my best four. I finished sixth in the uh, Emerald and then I finished seventh in the Norman summer event last year. So in my mind, I was just going to repeat what I had done, the spots, the areas, everything because it had worked. But this year was so weird that the water temperature was, you know, 72, 73 degrees. They hadn't set up the same way. They just weren't there uh, was, the weekend was, before. So were those water temperatures behind what they were yeah. last year? Okay. Big time. I've been, yeah, yeah I've been time. seeing a little bit up until a couple of weeks ago, our water temperatures were a little bit behind too. And the fish, um, at least at Jordan and Harris, especially Harris because they set up on a on a schooling bite there at least at Harris the fish seems like they have been a couple of weeks behind from what they were last year yeah for sure okay. and they definitely seemed confused you know we had it was starting to trend back up 
Uh, but then we had a big cold front that brought, yep. I mean, dropped everything four or five degrees and kind of reset. a bunch everything. of rain. Yeah, yeah. So they just weren't there. So at that point, I was kind of lost. Um, didn't really know where I wanted to go. Had a great plan. Uh, tried to force an area. Uh, and at the very end of the area that I was at the weekend before, I found a really nice rocky riprap tapering point in a creek that sort of separated two big arms and i was like i bet in the morning i could catch some fish here um so there was a ramps that sort of one a little bit above one a little bit low both were going to be about 20 minutes to get there which one did i want to go with um so i tried the friday before i tried the one above it didn't exactly have a stellar you know four hours of pre-fish but i did catch a 2275 about six and a half pound largemouth and when i pulled it out of the dock there was another big fish with it so at that point i was like all right well i'm coming here i know at least there's one big fish and another big fish that was with it they don't they're not going to move that much in eight hours especially if they're on a dock so i spent the entire day chasing them you know i went to my spot against so like matt said sort of from experience of a spot that looked like it was going to be good in the morning and it was probably the most unbelievable shad spawn i've ever seen myself with my own two eyes on this point right. it was astonishing uh, that's our shad spawn is is over this was june 24th our shad spawns pretty much been over you might can find some areas where they're still going to spawn a little bit but the the main shad spawns where they're just up there flickering like to, to no end you had that kind of shad spawn there the water was, was in the morning, 73 degrees there. Okay. Yeah, I guess uh, that is. By the end of the day, it was 76, uh, and it was uh, the moon phase was right. So I didn't expect there to be a shad spawn. I just liked the mm. starting position of it. <laughs> when I got there, it took about 20 minutes to get there, and then you're sitting there in the pitch black for 10 minutes listening to it all. I could hear just the fish destroying these shad on this bank and i was just it was killing my soul really because i was like if this ends by the time i get to cast i'm gonna be really really frustrated um so sure enough comes along anytime you're casting in the dark with a whopper mm -hmm. popper a popper whatever it's it's a question mark i lost it was not fun i lost two poppers that i just cut off because i had no idea what they were stuck on <laughs> so i decided to cut the line I'm like i'll come back and i'll get them later um so i started throwing a uh spinnerbait instead i was like at least i'm not gonna get uh. this caught on a dock or something like that um yeah. and i started bringing in fish after fish after fish they were almost all striper uh or yeah. hybrids I, it was dark i couldn't really tell the difference i just knew they weren't black bass the chat spawn was going on i just popped the hook out and cast it immediately after yeah. i didn't even bring them into the boat so i went around the corner because like, they were all the wrong kind. So I went around the corner and I was like, all right, there's gotta be some some scorable spots, largemouth here somewhere. Went around the corner and just got on a, a huge bite. I caught about six in the first 40-ish minutes. Wow. Probably 10 total, but six in the first, lots of dinks. One usable one, a 19 and a half. Um, but I had a limit you know, in the first hour, so I felt pretty good. Um, and then I sort of bided my time waiting for the sun to come out enough throw in some top water every once in a while you know around casting it some some riprap areas with a crankbait didn't really catch anymore when the sun got high enough to position fish on the docks 
I went to that same stretch of docks that I had caught the big fish on the night before. I fished two docks to the right, two docks to the left, and that dock. And I went back and forth on those about, honestly, five times throughout the day. I would fish them, go somewhere else, come back, fish them, go somewhere else, come back, fish them. Um, and I caught every fish I scored outside of that 19. Every other fish in my limit came on one of those four docks. What, um, what were you catching them on on those docks after the sun came up? Wacky rig. I mean, honestly, 80% enormous special. Enormous yep. special. Wacky rig and 80, docks. 80% of the fish I've scored this year have been a wacky rig. Um, Are you waiting it? Or is it just a true wacky rig? True wacky, wacky rig. I don't even use the little plastic rings. I yeah, just, yeah, okay. I just, I accept the fact that I'm going to go through a, at least one, you know, thing of baits, maybe two, one and a half every tournament. Um, you know, they cost eight bucks. I'm like, whatever. Um I am too yeah. I am too patient. I have it. I have the little pen. I have probably five hundred uh, of the little, you know, rubber rings. And you know how I haven't used them in two years because I didn't. I, I wasn't saving any baits. I wasn't losing any any more fish. So I just yeah. the heck with all that mess. I do the same thing, man. If we go, I, but I need a rig. I can. I'm too impatient okay. for a wacky rig. <laughs> okay. I have to throw a Nico rig, but that's probably, but again, we don't fish a lot of docks around here. None of our lakes really have docks, but obviously yeah. one of the things I've learned in the Queen City Chronicles is when you're on Norman or when you're on Wiley <laughs> and you're going to fish docks, you need to have some patience and fish some wacky rigs. Yeah. And, and you know, I sort of used the knowledge of where they were positioned last summer to have all that success sort of copy and pasted and they very much so were in similar areas of the docks um so it just worked out you know i don't think i was doing anything you know, special i mean what do you do special on a wacky rig it's impossible um i just made on a dock throw it to this yeah, pole I mean, I, throw I, it to this pole throw it to each side of the I pole made, go to the next dock I made the right casts, the right times, the right time of day, you know, so it, I wish I could take credit for being special and awesome, but I didn't, I, like I said, I caught the one in the morning about a mile away, and then I caught everything else that I scored all day that I even like submitted on those five docks, two to the right, two to the left, and the one in the center. Um, and I just hit those four or five different times. I waited for them to maybe reset up and then went back. Waited for them to reset up and then went back. Okay. So two questions. First, how many inches did you have? Uh, 73 even. Okay. And you milked. Did all your fish come? So it sounds like you just milked that little stretch of docks all day. Did all your fish come before 12? Were they just like one bite every hour or two? Obviously, you caught the 19 right off the bat. The other three scoreable fish that ended up getting you your 73 inches, was it a grind all day in that one little area, or did you catch them all before noon, or, like, was it just a slow bite, or was there a bite window that you were able to get on? I probably caught one every time I went, and I would go back about an hour apart. Um, so sort of ish slow throughout the day. 
Um, I caught the last one that cold up from 68 to 73. I called out a Ooh, 13. That's a big hole. Yeah, I called out a 13 with a big 19.75 um, at about 12.45. Um, I was actually on the phone with my wife at the moment, and when I landed, I was like, I think I won um, at that point. Uh, so that was that was fun. She enjoyed that. Uh, but, yeah, so that was at 12.45. At that point, I knew I was at 73. I, I kind of hit them a little bit more, but really there were other guys in the area. Um, so I just kind of honestly stopped fishing. Um, mm -hmm. I knew I had a two inch lead calling two inches on Norman is usually hard, especially I, the other guy that was in second place. I think his small fish was, was 16. He doesn't have any big fish. Yeah. Um, so I knew the likelihood he was going to catch an 18 and a half plus probably not going to happen. It is Norman. Um, so I kind of stopped fishing. I let some other guys fish actually earlier in the day. I didn't get a chance to, to, I should have gotten his name. Um, but I hope somebody, I found a school after I had had that limit, I found a school of like 12 and a half, 13 inch fish. And I mean, I was catching one every single cast. They were popping on shad all over this, this cove. And so I went over to him. I asked me if he had a limit. He said, no, I was like, dude, get over here, catch these fish. They're not helping me, but they'll get you a limit in about mm -hmm. five minutes. Get some points. Um, yeah. No, I wish I, I, I don't know why I didn't ask his name. I just kind of left after he headed over there. I don't really know why. <laughs> Um, but I hope he, he caught those fish. You know, I, I try to give what I've been given, like you sort of said with QC. I, you know, the last thing I wanted to do was watch that guy over there, maybe not catch anything. And I'm just taking 13 inches off my hook and tossing them kind of thing and then not really needing it. Um, so, but no, it was, again, it was one of those days where it just kind of, you know, for whatever reason, the decisions I made worked. I wish I had a, a formula. <laughs> It, but it's it's the time on the water. It's that intuition. I talk about it, fishing intuition a lot. You know, you hear a lot about luck in fishing. Matter of fact, our buddy Alex Rudd put something out about luck has a lot to do with fishing and winning fishing tournaments. And I agree with that. We're not going to get into this now. I hope maybe one day me and Alex can, uh, Alex Rudd, not little Alex, but tall Alex can talk about this. But there's, yes, there's an aspect of luck in the fishing for sure. But you can't just luck into a limit of fish that puts you in the money or that puts you to win. You can't just yeah. luck into that. Maybe every yeah. now and again, but that's a small part. Like there's a lot of intuition. There's a lot of knowledge that goes into putting yourself in a position to be able to catch those fish. Now, if you you get a little, you know, a little knot in your line and you you thread it out and you just do a cleaning cast out off the side of your kayak with a crankbait. And you reel in a 20 incher, yeah, that's a hundred percent luck. That like that's luck. But in general, putting yourself in a position to catch fish where fish are, using your graphs or your foreface and so on are to get to that point, like that is that's skill. There's a lot of skill in that. Were you catching largemouth or were you catching spots? So the big one I caught on Friday was a largemouth. Um, but every fish I scored. Uh, during the tournament day were, were spots. Um, and definitely, you know, sort of like you said, the intuition thing is definitely a thing that I've, it's actually Mark, you might even know Mark Lendy. I'm sure he's been on the podcast oh, before. Sort of Mark, my, my- He don't fish anymore though. Mark don't fish now, anymore. Sort of my, sort of my fishing sensei. Now. I tell him, my fishing, <laughs> my fishing sensei um, really is the person honestly responsible for my season so far mm. this season. Uh, a mixture between Early on, my first year, 2021, 
fishing where 2020 fishing with the club. I fished like six events, um, but just helping me understand how to tournament fish, uh, how to go about your day, how to plan out your day, stuff like that. And then something you told me last year as I was getting some momentum, seemed like I was going to make the TOC. He had a great season last year with mm-hmm. us. He just sort of said, every time I hear you not have a good day, it's because you did the opposite of what you told me you thought you should do. Mm. Just do what your gut tells you. You seem to know what to do. And mm-hmm. this season I've been exclusively doing what I think I should do. And it's been working out really well. I, I mean, a prime example on Saturday, I was pedaling from one dock to another. There was a twig sticking out of the water, probably in like two foot of water. I was like, I'm going to cast at it. Casted at it, 17 and a half inch spotted bass <laughs> came off. It. I was just kind of like, you know, nothing else, but just that looks like it might have a fish. It's the only yep. piece of structure in this thing. So, you know, little things like that, that have been the the big change from this year to, to previous seasons. Uh, and it has everything to do with what Mark told me to do. So yeah. I have him to appreciate for that, for sure. Yeah, Mark's been on the podcast two or three times. And then, you know, Mark's a good buddy of mine. I stayed with him and Dave Hart at the Classic last year. And then they both fish our local tournaments, you know, and, and hanging around those guys. But, yeah, Mark, Mark Mark's good. I wish he would fish more this year. He's a go- He took up golfing this year. I guess he was tired of whooping everybody's heinies in the tournament, so he took up golf. That's a good limit for spots too. Seventy three inches out of four fish. That's a. I'm not good at math, and I'm not going to take my phone out to do it. But to ca- I, I would have figured you'd have had a, a large mouth or two with that kind of length in there. That's that's look. That's some fighting fish. You probably you had a good you had a fun day catching that many spots. I had a fun day. I've had a fun year. It's again. It's it's been a it's it's been a dream year. I've caught a lot of big fish. I've caught a lot of twenty pluses. I've I've had a lot of things have gone my way. Again, it, it has a lot to do with I've I've put in a lot of work. I've I've worked really hard. I've I put a lot of time in on the water. For me, you know, I wouldn't say you know I'm out there like every single day, um, but comparatively, and it's been it's been an unbelievably fun year and. You know, my biggest thing for Matt, you know, I've only been, I, I fished my first tournament, Santee of 2020. So I fished half a season mm-hmm. 2020 or 2021. I fished all of 22 last year. And this is really my second ish full season. Um, you know, catalog, remember mm-hmm. every fish catch you have, you know, the pattern I found summer last year on Norman made me think of, the pattern I used to finish second on the Yadkin Yolo this right. year, you know, not even remotely same time of year, same lake, large mouth as opposed to spots, but catalog in your mind, every single fish that you catch, what you were using, how you were working it, where they hit it, when they hit it. Was it the original fall? Was it the second time you worked it? Try to remember those things. And then as you repeat them time over time, mm. not to say fishing becomes easy, but catches become less random mm. things are on purpose you less purposefully luck. casted them. less yeah, luck. you purposely you purposely made that cast you purposely kept caught that fish because of things that you had from other tournaments other mm-hmm. fish catches even the small bass remember exactly where you casted it how you were working it stuff like that and catalog that away and just use that to determine what you do not 
what other YouTube videos say is catching the fish currently, not what other guys say they're catching it on. What's your experience? What have you done and had success with? And just repeat that. And that's really all I've been trying to do this year. So that's what I would suggest to a fellow relatively new angler, you know, catalog, mm-hmm. catalog and catalog. I had a, a conversation this week with our buddy Adam Fillmore, who I think is like fourth or fifth in the points. And uh him I like and I were Adam's just good talking, dude. Yeah, him and I were just talking about fishing. I've I've fished way less this year on a weekly basis than I did last year. And last year, you know, I didn't I didn't do nothing spectacular, but I had some I had more consistent tournaments of fish, finishing in the top ten, top fifteen, you know, top three in a few tournaments. And it was because I was on the water. And what we talked about, it wasn't necessarily me practicing the specific body of water that we're fishing for that tournament, but it, in generally, it was just being on the water fishing and having an idea of where the fish are right now and where they should be. And so, you know, if you can't fish Norman, your home lake is, let's say, Murray, but you're out on Murray a couple times a week and those fish are setting up. There, there are going to be some similarities between bodies of water where the fish are setting up. So you start to narrow down where you, where you start, where you fish, and what you're looking for. And we kind of talked about that, and it, it lends to all what you're saying about time on the water, regardless of what the body of water is. Time on the water really helps you to make a decision much quicker. They're not on this. They're not here. Where else could they be? And going to those spots. And it sounds like you've really dialed that in this year along with the intuition part about stuff not feeling right, stuff not looking right and making that change. Yeah, for sure. You know, it's, it's, I've, I've had a good plan before every tournament and it doesn't always work out necessarily. So you gotta, you gotta win never. it sometimes. <laughs> the plans the winging never it, work out. <laughs> but the winging it becomes less winging it as much as, okay, yeah. If they're not doing this, they got to be doing this because the last time they weren't doing this, they were doing this. And it becomes much more planned uh, mm. as you sort of have to change it for sure, which I've found to be, again, something Mark told me to do. I have Mark to blame for for all of this season for sure. You know, credit to him. Uh, he's helped me with that whole tournament mindset of how to fish tournaments mentally, not necessarily technique wise. He actually right. makes fun of me for fishing a wacky rig all the time. but mentally you know how to plan a a tournament for sure well look the guy fishing the wacky rig is fishing and the guy that picks on you about fishing the wacky rig is playing golf that's all i had to say look here's the other thing too if your wife starts getting angry at you about all this just blame it on mark you you already have a a notebook full of of blames that you can use and not have to reuse one and blame it on mark and let her be mad at mark you know, and plus, look, you're winning money. You bring home the AOI. You bring a nice check home. Look, they can only be mad about you being gone so much when you're actually bringing money in. Unlike myself, when I get home or when she texts me halfway through the day, how's it going? I'm like, it's pretty trashy. You know, I have it. I've got two fish. And then I get home. It's like, did you win any money? I was like, no, I didn't even catch a limit. Like, that's where that's where that's where you can't you, know, you can't blame nobody but yourself at that point. You don't have anything to bring home. You know, I had a good time. I got to de-stress. That only lasts like two or three weekends before you go to yeah. it. All right, Matt. Well, so you just we just we just heard Paboet give us his his mental side, his technique side, what he was looking for. Did you pull anything out of this 
from what Landon just said that you can take with you in your, into your tournaments coming up? And if you did, tell us one or two things that you brought out of it. For sure. So, yeah, the whole mental thing is definitely, like, I see that a lot in a lot of guys, especially myself. And, yeah, so I can see people getting distracted and all this stuff and not fishing, getting on the phone. And I think one thing is the leaderboard. I think that really kills some people because they're spending the whole mm. day looking at the leaderboard. Oh, where am I at? What am I doing? How are other guys doing? That really kills you because if you're looking at it for one minute and you check it every 10 minutes, that's like – like eight minutes a day of just looking at the leaderboard that you could be catching that 1975, that 20 incher. Mm -hmm. I'm not good at math, but if you're looking at it one minute every 10 minutes, to me, I'm not good at math, but that's 10 minutes, Matt. You were in school right now. You should be on point with those with the math equations of this. You, I shouldn't have to be over <laughs> here correcting your math. Your mathing. It that was is a good. Math. That is a good point. Well, this is a, that's a great point, man. I'm glad you brought that up because I know what I do, and I want to hear y'all's before I say mine. And, Matt, we'll start with you. Do you ever look at the leaderboard? Do you get a limit and then look at the leaderboard, or you just fish and go to LinkedIn, and whatever happens, happens? How do you do the leaderboard? Do you ever look at it? Yeah, so if I'm not having a good day, I usually just don't look at it. Um <laughs> Don't have to worry about that. But if I'm having a decent day, I'll check it right before Vinny turns it off just to uh -huh. see what's happening. And then, yep. Landon, how about you? Are you are you checking the leaderboard, like, periodically, or are you only checking it after you get a limit to see if you need to make a change to go, you know, man, I need to go try to catch a bigger fish, or I need to – I need to cull up one or two inches, so maybe I go somewhere where maybe there's 12 or 13 or 14, 15 inches. How do you do the leaderboard? I w I'll wait till I get a limit um, before I check it. But sort of to Matt's point about time management, so Matt, I, I for the uh, no limit event, I caught a fish, a scoreable fish, 15 inches. One of my pictures, as I'm taking the picture and clicking, was 129 the very next picture was 130 it was literally i mean i'm clicking a last second fish catch had i wasted time checking the leaderboard i would have finished two spots lower wow. than i did in that tournament um so definitely to that aspect if i get a limit i'll check uh just to sort of see you know it, are other people catching big fish or is my limit actually pretty good and i should keep doing what i'm doing to you know eventually i'll call up um but other than that if i'm having a really good day i'll check just to see sort of like i talked about you know i kind of had a feeling 30 minutes left there were other a lot of other guys around i didn't need anything other guys needed stuff so i let the other guys fish i didn't want to get in their way because I knew I probably wasn't going to catch a bigger than a 17 and a half inch spot. Like, what are the chances? Yes, there's a chance, but really, is there a chance on Norman? <laughs> I mean, those are one in after, 25 fish catches. Yeah, after one um, o'clock. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So I just kind of pedaled around and let other people fish because mm -hmm. I kind of knew where I was at kind of thing. So you know, it, it's different, but I don't ever check it until mm -hmm. I get a limit, no matter what. That's my mentality. I never check the leaderboard until I get a limit. And then when I do that, I'm doing the same thing. I'm like, okay, or, or we're catching the same same size fish. And if we are, and I'm on fish, all right, I just need to keep pulling through these and pulling through these. 
But, you know, if I'm in second or third or fourth at this point and I'm two or three inches away and I'm catching, let's say, a bunch of 17, 16 inches and I know I need a 19 or a 20, that's the time when I'll just make the decision to leave those fish or, or either back off from those fish and I'll tie a deep diving crankbait on. This is summertime, too. Now it's a little bit yeah. different. But I'll die deep diving crankbait, a big spoon a swing head, a big jig, you know, I'll go to brush piles. I'm, I'll, I will then start going to look for those one or two 18, 19, 20 inch fish that maybe can put me up. Cause you know, at that point in time, I'm thinking I'm, I'm good where I am. These fish aren't going to help me. I need that one kicker fish, that one big fish. And that's, that's the same mentality I have with checking the leaderboard. And this year I have not checked the leaderboard a lot because I have sucked. <laughs> I've really been sucking at tournament fishing this year, but that's okay. You know what? I go out and I fish. I was going to fish anyway. So there I am. Well, look, we're going to wrap, start wrapping this up. I appreciate y'all, you know, enlighten us on your mentality. To me, fishing is a lot of mentality. I love that aspect of it. I love the bass behavior side, which fits into mentality because our mentalities are the fish should be here. What are the fish doing? And that's what we're going to do. And I love y'all sharing what you called them on, you know, that a lot of people won't say they don't want to give up some little baits and stuff. But when you're fishing a wacky rig, 90% of that people in that tournament were probably fishing a wacky rig. So the information that that y'all shared with us gives other people an opportunity to better themselves. And that's what makes clubs where there's not a lot of animosity and where people are helping each other. That's what makes the clubs fun. And that's what makes the clubs continue to grow. Or, you know, if you average 40 or 50 a tournament, that's what keeps those numbers at 40 or 50. Where at the end of the year, you know, the clubs where there's some animosity and some stuff going on, they drop down to 15, 20 people in a tournament. They drop to half of what they would be. And you want these new anglers to do good because – like the new anglers help with the money pot, but if they continually suck and never have a good day, they're going to quit tournament fishing. But if you help them out and they start to get better and they start to you at, at least compete for an AOI spot, that's what keeps those folks coming back. Absolutely. All right. I want everybody to have fun, period. Mm-hmm. And it's hard to have fun in June, July, August, and September in North and South Carolina. It is hard to have fun fishing when at, at 12 o'clock you've caught one or zero fish. It's hard to have fun the rest of the day because the chances of you catching fish the rest of the day are slim and it's hot as hell. And you probably got, you know, your sunglass and sun headache. You might be burning because you didn't put sunscreen on. Like, it's, it's hard to have fun at that point. So, But if people are catching fish every other cast, that's fun. Well, look, let's start wrapping this up. Matt, let's start with you, buddy. You got any sponsors or, you know, family members, obviously your dad, people you want to thank for, for allowing you and helping you to go fish? Uh, this year, about three months ago, I've been working with Fish It Small. Um, he's really helped me a lot, and I've been helping him. He's 17 years old. Um, he has his own business, Fish It Small. Um, he does he- tournaments around South Carolina. You said fish, fish it small. Yes. Fish it, fish it small. Okay. Yes. What's his social medias? 
Uh, he has Fishit Small and then Charlie Crawford on Instagram. And okay. I don't think I'm not sure. Okay. So Fishit Small, Charlie Crawford on Instagram. He's been helping you. That's awesome, man. Good deal. Yes. Anybody else? Uh, that's it. You don't want to thank your dad for hauling you all over oh, the yeah. place in your <laughs> He fishes it too, so. He have, loves it as much as I do. Okay, so when you and your dad have been fishing these tournaments, who's been winning between the two of y'all? Definitely me. Yes, my man. Let's give him a little. We need a round of applause on that. Do you rub it in? Do you, do you, uh, do you yeah, jib him a little bit? We joke a lot about it. My man, I like that. That's awesome. All right, Paboet. How about you? Who do you want to thank? Any sponsors, people letting you fish, anything like that? I have no sponsors. I am available. Um, <laughs> I do have I do have a you're on, uh, you're on sponsor, you're on fishing sponsors.com. Yeah, I'm, uh, I'm, I'm available. <laughs> I have an Instagram. It's called Lunkers and Loggers. You know, funny enough, almost the same thing as Bass and Brews. Um where I chronicle the beer I drink and the fish I catch. It's pretty simple, pretty basic uh, Instagram. Uh, but no, I mean, obviously, Mark, thanks, Mark. Vinny, thanks, Vinny. My wife's not going to watch it or listen to it, but thanks to my wife. And then uh, another guy that's been on here, Abide Fishing, Josh, uh, also one of my – actually, his YouTube got me to Queen City um, mm. after I decided maybe I'll try kayak fishing. I literally YouTubed kayak bass fishing. Abide fishing was the first video I watched. He was fishing a a, a Jordan event, no, no, a, a, a Wiley event where it looked miserable and cold and terrible. But he was fishing a kayak tournament. It was the, like the coolest, most fun thing I'd ever seen in my entire life. I was like, "That's what I want to do. I want to get into kayak fishing." So thank you, Josh. For hey, I'm going to interrupt you real quick with Josh and cold and miserable. That's like. Every single Queen City tournament, the first three to four months out of the year, is cold and miserable. <laughs> yeah, the first tournament of the year was terrible. I had ice on my reels, ice on my guides. It was awful. Yeah, look, y'all have to Vinny, – Vinny schedules tournaments around weather. I mean, he should be wet, better at predicting weather months and months out because he's terrible at it. Y'all's early early tournaments are – they are – they're rough. They're rough. Yeah. All right, I didn't – I interrupt you. Finish with who who you're thinking. You said your wife. She's not going to listen, but you better yeah. thank her because obviously, you know, she allows you to go. Just saying. Yeah, here. she she made the mistake of literally putting it in her written wedding vows that she would <laughs> let me fish. So that was her mistake, not mine. I did not force that upon her. So now she has to pay for her mistake of uh, putting that in her wedding vows. So there we go. But luckily, she got a very nice dinner. Uh, after winning this tournament, I took her out to eat. We celebrated a little bit, so she doesn't not get something from it for sure. Let's be real: when those paychecks hit your PayPal account, you know they go into either her or the shared bank account. So, you know she's get she got a nice supper and she's she's getting some spending money. She's out there buying Absolutely. Gucci bags and Uggs <laughs> and all kinds of good stuff. Well, look, now, speaking she's of a, a, a sneakerhead. So not not oh, Gucci bags. Oh, she likes look, shoes. Look, wow. Look, sneakerheads are way more expensive than fishing. So you should be on top of that. Oh, I am. Don't worry. I've all right. I forgot to do this on the last episode of Bass and Brews. 
and it drops this coming Friday when we do this. I completely forgot about it. I'm not going to forget tonight. I know we're at an hour. We're going to run over a little bit. But anyway, I want to congratulate Abide Fishing, our buddy Josh, who's been on the podcast, on his wedding. My man got married, moved, got a new house. He's living the life, living the dream, takes his boo out fishing with him. And you can tell how much fun they have together out there fishing. And I don't think she really ever fished before she met Josh. Doesn't seem like it now. Yeah. And they have a great time together doing that. So Josh, congratulations on your wedding. I'm, 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 I'm a little upset that I wasn't invited. I'm a little upset I wasn't invited, Josh. I think it was a destination. Uh, maybe I, he did it uh, for you. I'm not look, sure. I, I could have admit I couldn't have done this de- destination. But somebody, <laughs> somebody, I would have given anybody there my number, and they could have FaceTimed me, or, or we would have set up a stream yard, and I would have had just as good a time in my hot-ass garage celebrating his wedding via FaceTime, but it doesn't matter. We are, we're, we're excited for him. Congratulations. That's awesome. Well, look, fellas, anything else before we get out of here? I got one quick question. I'm going to ask y'all, but y'all have anything else before we get on up out of here? I'm good. All right, Landon, we're going to start with you. Going to end with Matt. What's one thing you learned from this tournament that's going to take you to the, to the rest of the season? Ooh, good question. Uh, answer is, repeatability trust it Mm. nice i like it matt what is one thing you learn from this tournament you're going to take the rest of the year (laughs) on a funny note don't hit boat wake sideways it'll (laughs) almost it'll almost flip you uh but uh on a serious note um just keep grinding it out and it'll eventually come to you all right, Matt, real quick, tell us about your baseball, man. You're doing travel baseball. You're in Alabama for baseball right now. How's that looking? What position do you play, and uh, how's your team looking? Uh, I play second base, and we have a pretty good team. I'm, like, super excited. Uh, our first game's tomorrow at 10, I think, and we play all week. So, Good deal, man. Well, good luck on, on, on the baseball. That's awesome getting to travel around, be in Alabama, and get to see stuff and play against other players. You know, if you take that mentality that you just said during this whole podcast and fishing into baseball, you, you're going to rock it, man. You're going to crush it. Well, look, fellas, I'm, I'm glad y'all were on. Thank y'all for coming on and spending this time with us and sharing all this information that now I can make notes for and go back and use when I start fishing some Queen City. Somewhere between one year and 10 years. I don't <laughs> know when it's going to be. But thank y'all for sharing all that information because I'm learning too. So we appreciate it. Look. Hey, welcome. Y'all, Y'all don't go anywhere. We'll hang out uh, in the green room real quick. Y'all, this is Queen City Chronicles, Bass and Brews edition. Thank y'all for listening. We are your weekly distraction from quality podcast content. But, you know, once a month, you get an extra piece of podcasting that is actually useful to fishing, unlike the regular podcast that, you know, is not really useful for fishing this year. But that's where we're rolling with it. We're having a good guest on. We're having a good time. And we're learning the stories, and we're hearing the stories about the guests that we have on. This episode will drop Monday for for you folks, you know, all the people that are listening, but for you two guys, this episode will drop Monday next week. We thank you. Y'all don't go anywhere. Bass and Brews, out. Hell.